Hi, welcome to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington, and today I'm sitting down with the Weldon Oki talking about TIG art, something I'm very fascinated in. How are you today, Garrett? I'm doing fantastic, brother. How are you? I'm doing good. Just waiting out these thunderstorms. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how's the weather up there? Been a lot of thunderstorms lately. It's like every day around three o'clock, we start getting them rolling in. Dude, I've been, where are you at exactly again? North Carolina. I envy you right now. I've, I've been praying for thunderstorms. The humidity and heat has been, it's been one of the hottest summers we've ever had here in Oklahoma. And actually me being Cherokee, it's funny. I, uh, I went outside and did a little rain dance the other day and I didn't have any luck. So just keep trying, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I even pulled up on YouTube how to, how to do a rain dance and all that. I guess I'm doing it wrong because it ain't working. Well, I'll try to send ours your way. I would appreciate that. It made me like you more than I already do. But yeah, man, I, uh, I'm excited that you've got me on here. And for the listeners out there that's not that familiar with me, I am the Weld Noki. And most people, when they think of that name or they see me on social media, it's because they link me to Tigart and my passion of doing it. And I can't tell you how many times I get DM after DM of how do I do that? Or, you know, people showing me what they're working on and asking questions on how do I fix this? How do I correct that? What should I do here? And so I got to thinking and I'm like, what's the best way for me to be able to reach more people and do it in an all-inclusive type of manner? And that led me to, I'm going to do a four-part TIG art series on how to do everything from A to Z. And of the four-part series, part one is going to be choosing your design and etching. Part two is going to cover layering and how to create a seamless transition from weld to weld. Part three is heat manipulation, which is where you get your color. And part four is going to be framing your art piece and kind of showing how to add designs or make your own twist to it. So I'm pretty excited about it, man. Well, I'm excited too. I can't wait to learn. So when you're doing TIG art, you're using a foot pedal, but you told me a little bit before to control that heat, you have a giant heat sink, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. So that heat sink that you're talking about is a piece of carbon steel that I use as a backing plate. So the stainless that I'm doing my artwork on, I tack it to a thicker piece of material, which in my case is a 24 inch by 24 inch by two inches thick piece of A36 carbon steel. And then I take a piece of 20 gauge stainless that is the thickness of a razor blade. And I tack it to that piece because then that tricks the 20 gauge into almost acting like it's two inches thick, if that makes sense. So it's pulling the heat out of it, which is allowing me to weld that out on something so thin to get those colors and to not have the warpage and everything of the sort. The starts and stops, like making it look like just one fluid brush stroke and everything. How do you plan that out? That honestly, um, outside of getting the color that you want, it might actually be, in my opinion, the number one most important and most overlooked aspect to doing TIG art. Because, you know, you can tell when you see a good piece that's been done by TIG welding, it almost looks like there's no stop anywhere, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's where in part two, I will cover layering. And that's what I mean precisely. That's figuring out how to give yourself a roadmap of where you can start and then allow yourself to move forward progression through progression to create a seamless piece when you're done without a start and stop. And it's so important because if you think about it and you're not planning your next 10, 15, 20 welds ahead and you go ahead and make a weld and then you've got a weld above it where you have to intersect or tie into that weld, you're going to see that stop and it screws up your whole piece. So it really is, man. It takes a lot of planning and laying out like a blueprint almost, if you will, of step-by-step instructions on how you want to go about welding out that piece. And how long do they usually take? I feel like this would be a very time-consuming thing to do. Yeah, um, it is. So I want to say the average piece before um, having it framed, right? Because you're going to gain some width and height with a frame. But the average piece, you're looking at a 12 by 12 or 14 by 14. And that's the great thing about TIG art is it really just depends on how creative or how detailed you want to get. You could do a, you know, like a simple NBA design or your favorite team, or you could do a star or you could do a tattoo template. Like let's say it's the smile now cry later and then it's got all of these different elements and steps to it so i mean let's start at least for me i can only speak for me but on the short side of the spectrum you're looking at from transferring it to it to etching it out welding it and putting a frame on it allowing time for it to cool you're looking at three to four hours and then i've spent on a 14 by 14 i've spent 12 hours in welding alone man Here's another question I have just as a welder. How many times do you dip that tungsten? Honestly, um, okay, this is going to come off a little arrogant, and I don't mean it this way, but (laughs) usually maybe two to three. Hey, I mean, you didn't say zero, so I believe you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, usually uh, maybe two to three, but you actually brought up something that I wasn't going to cover in my series that is extremely important. And the reason that I don't dip is because I never allow it to get to that point. What I mean by that is when you're running, so like for me on 20 gauge and you're running between 35 and 60 amps, right? You want a very, very sharp tungsten. So you can really focus that arc and make those minute dips, the minute adjustments. And as soon as you get any kind of contamination, whether it be residue that was left that you didn't clean off, or you can get um, contaminants from your wire, believe it or not, all those things. As soon as you get any kind of contaminant, even though it's razor sharp, you got to throw that tungsten out because it will completely screw you up. Because then you won't be able to focus the arc and put that puddle and that weld exactly where you want it. So that's a great point, actually, that you brought up. Well, and I know just from a student perspective, I know a lot of times they tell you to dull the point of your tungsten so you don't get inclusions, but I guess that's not really something you're that worried about when you're doing TIG art because you're doing everything possible not to even touch it. That's, yeah, honestly, it couldn't be further from the truth. And so as a student, they tell you that, but the reason they're telling you that is so you can err on the side of caution, right? And put your best foot forward. A good rule of thumb is the lower your amperage, the sharper you want your tungsten. The higher your amperage, then you can start putting a dull tip on it, right? And they say that because any, so like, let's take 332 tungsten, for example, which is the norm. I mean, anything up to 180 amps. If you have 
a sharp piece of tungsten and you're pushing the limits of it, whether you dip it or not, when you start running 180, 190, 200 with that tungsten that's really only rated to 180 amps it's not about the dipping it that's causing contaminants it will actually blow off the tip the erosion on there yes it will because it gets brittle right all that heat's being focused down to one specific point and it could be in three minutes of welding it could be in an hour and a half but that'll blow off and I actually, they changed the welding code not too long ago. I think it was last year. Any contaminants of tungsten inclusions in your weld that's being x-rayed is automatically kicked under code. There is no tolerance for it anymore. So I do agree. Um, them teaching you that is to kind of give you a little bit of a variable. But when it comes to TIG art, no, you're not worried about it because you shouldn't be blowing your tungsten tips off at 50 to 60 amps. Well, speaking of tungsten, is there a specific type you use or are you using like rare earth, lanthanated? Are you using thoriated? Like what what grade of tungsten are you using? That's actually a pretty good question. Um, so anything DC, I usually stick to 2% thoriated. And when it comes to TIG art, it's no different. I do 2% thoriated on everything. And I'm actually, I'm partial to two companies, Blue Demons, Pink Multimix, Tungsten, as well as uh, CK Worldwide's Laser. Both of those two are very hard to beat. And you don't realize the difference in your puddle control and the way your arc looks until you really start experimenting with different brands. And as far as I'm concerned, those two stand alone. They're in a category of their own, no matter what you're using, whether it's thoriated, lanthanated, any of that. Well, I got to try some of that out then. Have you not tried either? No, man. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Living with extra stress in my life, I guess. So for me, TIG art, that's the main reason that I took it up is to me, it's the ultimate, right? It's the ultimate that you could do as far as putting your skill and any artistic ability and creativity down on a canvas, right? You have a blank canvas and it's up to you. Even though you have a template, that's just a template. Then you get creative and you make it your own. I could set five TIG artists down that are very well known and give them the same template And every single one will be different because everybody looks at something different. Their progression is different. The way that they see the flow, it's different. It's painting with a TIG torch. And to me, it's it's the ultimate. And if you're not artistically gifted in the ways of like visual art, is there like if I had a stencil, you know, if I just went and put a stencil down, that works too, right? Or you ready for a shocker? Yeah, I've done probably... In a little over two years, I want to say I've done maybe between 150 and 200 pieces of TIG art. Three of them I hand drew. All the other ones are stencils. Well, there you go. Because I'm a terrible artist, but I can I can trace. I can yeah. trace something. <laughs> yeah. it's Look, think about it. Some of the best tattoo artists in the country use a stencil, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the whole thing. It's a stencil to give you an area to start and an idea to start on. And then it's up to you. You can add to it. You can take stuff away. You can add shading here. You can add weaves here. You can add uh, dots in an area. There's so You see what I'm saying? It's just a starting ground. And then you can create your own picture for how you want that to look. That's why I'm saying, and I guarantee you, there, there could be 50 
people that are doing the exact same piece side by side by side by side. And every single one will be different. It'll have its own distinct characteristic. And that's why I've had people ask me like, dude, why are you giving your tips away? Why are you, you know, why are you trying to teach people how to do this? Because that's why I can give you every secret in the book. I can tell you everything. And I know at the end of the day, my art will be my art. And I don't have to worry about anyone else creating the exact same thing. They're going to create their own artwork, which is phenomenal. Another question I just had, it's been stewing in my brain. Yeah. What is the cost? Like if I was going to go do, what's your average cost on the material you're using? Because I know stainless goes up and down like crazy, but... That's a very good question. Right now is a terrible time to buy material, you know, with everything COVID related and still dealing with the effects from it as far as, you know, lack of material. And that's in everything, whether it's a toothbrush or it, it peanuts at Walmart, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. But I'm going to give just a general cost. There's two ways to go about it. Um, you can use an online supplier like I do. It's onlinemetals.com. And you can actually go on there, pick out your material. I use 304 on everything. And there's two types. There's 304 brushed mm-hmm. and there's 304 polished or mirrored. And you can select that on there. And then you just select what size you want, the width, the length, the thickness. And, you know, you can select the quantity. You can buy multiple. But let's say that's the, honestly, that's the main reason why I do 20 gauge is because it's thinner. Most most people do 12 gauge, which is an eighth of an inch thick to 14 gauge or 16, which is a 16th. I use 20. It's a 64. And the reason I do that is because A, it's cheaper and B, it's easier on me to ship and it doesn't kill me. Right. Yeah. Are you getting a full sheet or... Yeah, so that leads me to the second option. So part one is you can go to a place like that that's online and pick out what you want and the size you want to where you don't have to cut it down. It comes ready to peel the film off and ready to rip. But you're going to pay a little bit more of a premium, right? So I want to say 14 by 14, 20 gauge, 304 brushed. You're looking at anywhere from 40 to 60 bucks, right? And then you've got shipping on top of it and you're looking at 20 to 30 bucks to ship or you can buy a full sheet which is four foot by eight foot and the problem there is unless you know somebody locally you're going to be paying a lot of money as far as the shipping right oh yeah i used to work at a steel yard and i know that it is very expensive to get stainless anywhere it's astronomical. You're looking at, and this is just a general rule of thumb. It may have went up $200. It may have went down, but for a four foot by eight foot by 20 gauge, 304 brush, you're looking at 12, 1300 bucks and then three, 400 for shipping. So there is some money tied up in it. The best thing that I found is going to that website, onlinemetals.com, which who I'm not affiliated with. I, they just usually have the best prices and I've yet to receive anything that's dented or messed up is to pick you out a sheet that's big enough for you to rip down yourself and get like four pieces out of. And instead of paying that 40, because the shipping stays the same up to a certain amount. And so then you can rip that down into four pieces. And instead of paying 40 to $60 a piece, you're paying like 29 to 35 bucks a piece. That makes sense. I mean, anyway, you could save a little bit on the back end, make a little bit more profit. It's a way to go. Yeah, because, you know, the more you spend, then you got to figure in your time and how much you want to charge to actually sell that piece. Well, and you said you use 304. Are you using 304 as your filler or are you using 309? Absolutely not to either. Um, Really? Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of where you throw out everything you learned. 
right? And it's specifically because when we're doing TIG art, what do we want? We want vibrant colors. As far as 300 series is concerned on filler material, the cleanest puddle you can get is with 316. Interesting. Yeah. So everybody that I know, they use 316. 316L and I use use 0.035, 0.045, and occasionally 116. See, these are all things I need to know before dabbling in this new new (laughs) world of TIG art. Yeah, absolutely. I really look forward to seeing this new series that you have coming out just because I feel like you're going to blow my mind with tips that are going to make me think, why didn't I start doing this earlier? Hey, but that's awesome, brother. And I'm glad you brought that up because there is a kicker, right? So I am going to be doing a four-part series. Part one is actually live now on uh, well.com on Instagram and all of our other social media platforms. Um, And that art piece is two koi fish that are kind of um, forming a circle. And I, I chose that piece because it's, it's smaller but it's big enough and the design is tough enough to where with all the fish scales and everything, I can really, I can dive in depth and show you how to cover everything from part one through part four. But the kicker is it's only going to be available on the Weld app. So what I want to do is everyone who wants to see that, you're going to have to download the Weld app. Uh, links are in the bio at well.com or you can Google it or you can find it in the app store or Google play. Just simply type in weld and hit search and it'll be the first one that pops up. And what I'm going to be doing is, is that art piece that I'm taking you through, you know, step by step on each part. I'm going to be giving that away at the end of it. And that's something that I would normally charge between five and $600 for. And because it's very detailed and it's very thorough and I want to give that away. But I also want to bring awareness to the weld app that I believe is something that every welder needs to be a part of. And what you got to do to be eligible is give me a follow. You'll find me, the Weld Noki. Give me a follow. Each part, part one, two, three, and four, like, put a comment. And then at the end of it, I'm going to be giving that away. And that's all you got to do to be eligible. There's no purchase necessary or anything like that. I'll even cover shipping if you're domestic. If you're outside, we're going to have to split the cost. But outside of that, I've got a mystery art piece that I'm giving away as well. So two people are going to win. And the only way you can be eligible is to download the app. So you better get on it. Yeah, get on it and get some sweet swag. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll see you all there. I appreciate you sitting down and telling us about this new series. And I can't wait to see this mystery piece someday soon. Absolutely, brother. It's always a pleasure to sit down with you. And I'm always available, man. Until next time. All right, man. Have a great day. Yeah, you too, Bo. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Well.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington. Make sure you head on over and pick up that Weld app so you don't miss out on this sweet giveaway. Until next time, we'll see you out there.